The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. The Fold is brought to you by O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Kia ora and welcome to The Fold for another week. This is me, your host, Duncan Grieve. I'm about to speak to Hal Crawford, who was the head of news at News Hub and, and Three. He has returned to his native Australia now and has been consulting back to New Zealand, uh, both New Zealand On Air and the Ministry of Culture and Heritage on a few different projects. The main one is, so far, is has been a review of the New Zealand Media Fund, which is essentially what New Zealand On Air does, essentially what the, the public media that we create with our tax dollars. There was a big change a few years ago at New Zealand On Air to sort of simplify what had been seen as a system that was quite complex and that essentially was very good at funding television and wasn't particularly good at funding digital or or innovations more generally. Three years in, and New Zealand On Air has commissioned a review of that. So essentially, Hal's Hal's research, and it's like a 100-page document. It's very good. It's very well written. I'm going to urge you to read it multiple times during this podcast, looked at the period 2014 to 2017 and then 2017 to 2020. And essentially, like, it draws some quite interesting conclusions. It's very data-rich. It, it, is, it is built off, you know, a lot of spreadsheets and pivot tables and all that good stuff, but it also is built off 28 interviews with various participants in the New Zealand media and, and broadcast scene and quotes judiciously from them throughout I. Full disclosure, I am one of those uh, interviewed for it. I think it's a fun conversation. It is unavoidably super nerdy. It's very much in the weeds of how New Zealand On Air is structured, how that's different from the way other public media is funded around the world, uh, what are the pros and cons of that, Um, looking at the speed of digital transition, despairing for a lack of data, but also being super interested in what data does exist. The, the reason why this stuff fascinates me is actually kind of why, why I think this remains, despite the nerdiness worth listening to, is that as we move into this new era where we go from a tiny number of channels, newspapers, magazines, radio stations, i.e. communication venues, to essentially infinite, always-on communication in your pocket, there's a tremendous challenge to... A whole bunch of things, including senses of national identity, senses of national unity, how a common culture is maintained in an era where people can so easily opt out of that kind of thing. You know, and and so getting the stuff right and considering it and making sure that people don't get missed, that communities which aren't sort of uh, your your kind of stereotypical Pākehā middle New Zealand actually get content for, by, and about them and that other communities can see that and understand one another better as a result, these things really, really matter. And New Zealand, I think, is a, has done reasonably well at kind of maintaining a, a, a unity of agreeing on some big things over the past few years, but that's not promised to us. And certainly what we've seen happen around the world both over the past year and, and over the past decade, is, is absolutely in our future if, if we continue to fray. And I don't want to put it all on New Zealand on air to hold us together or, or the media, but certainly I think it is a, a, it's an under-recognised plank is, is how we sort of communicate and share our stories um, and, and with those our, our sort of values and, and conversations. But this is not so much about those big, heady things. It's more about how we sort of set the rules and distribute those funds. It's hopefully a fun listen. I'll let you get into it now. This is Hal Crawford on The Fold. Just before we start, 
The Fold is proudly supported by Vodafone. With innovation made simple and world-class network technology, Vodafone will help maximize the potential of you and your business. To find out more, head to vodafone.co.nz. Kira, Hal Crawford. It's very good to, to see you again and be talking to you again. Man, it's an honor to be back here again, and I enjoyed the last time so much. I'm looking forward to it. Um, the, what, you, what you're here to discuss is your review of the New Zealand Media Fund, which is amazing. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a massive document. I've, I've read it all over the last two days. Um, and t- tell me what it is yeah. for, to start with. Because like, yeah. uh, like, I think it's quite a brave thing for an organization to commission about itself because it kind of contains – you know, the possibility, yeah. in fact, almost the inevitability of, of, uh, of a harsh light in places. Yeah, it was, I think it's a measure of, um, of New Zealand on air that they actually asked me to do this. Uh, and they asked me not knowing what I would produce and also knowing that I would accept nothing less than independence in doing it. So, um, yeah, there must have been a few nervous moments, I imagine, for those guys. But um, just to explain what it is, because I think in these areas, as in many sort of areas of um, bureaucracy and and process, there's so much assumption that people know what you're talking about and they don't. So, New Zealand On Air is the funding body that distributes about $140 million a year to people to make content and that content has usually been tv and radio it's been broadcasting base based and it's moved over the last three years they introduced a new way of doing things called the new zealand media fund and that was all about responding to the way that uh audience behavior is changing and and you know the the digital everything that's what the new new zealand media fund is a response to but if I just say the New Zealand Media Fund, no one has any idea what you're talking about because people in the industry know New Zealand on air, but they don't really know the New Zealand Media Fund and people outside the industry may not even know New Zealand on air. But it is very significant for people in our industry. Well, what's the, like, like New Zealand on air, because you grew up in New Zealand, if you know about New Zealand on air, the main thing you know about it is that it has basically always been there. It's, it's been around 30-odd years, and it's just the way we do things. But it's also a globally a massive outlier. Like, yeah, it's an anomaly. Is, <laughs> yeah, and I think that yeah. we sort of, as a result of, yeah. of, of the fact that it's, it's our anomaly and it's been anomalous for a long time yeah. here, we, we sort of think of it as normal, but it's not normal. It's not like, normal. What, what, what is the way it's typically handled? I would call it beautifully abnormal. And probably getting me to do the review was a good idea because, you know, if you come from Australia, you have the ABC and you have SBS. I mean, if you're, if you're a slightly older Australian, you, the SBS is a new kid on the block. But um, like you have, you have the, the, the government's money, which is our money, let's face it, it's the taxpayer's money, that goes towards, in Australia, that goes towards the ABC. But in New Zealand, there's a different system. And that different system um, might be intuitive to you, but it certainly wasn't to me. And, and it's basically that a lot of that public money is distributed to commercial entities to make content for the public good, really. So all over the world, just correct me if I'm wrong, for the most part, where there is publicly funded media, it goes to organisations, predominantly non-commercial organisations, who themselves, in a relatively top-down style, decide what they think is good for the country, is, is, a, is, is a good use of public media funding for the country, and they create their own sort of editorial and uh, you know entertainment channels or, or sites or, or whatever the products are, stations. Yeah. Um, whereas in New Zealand, we have it completely decentralized and that mostly the private production seem to make stuff, mostly by pitching it to either government-owned commercial or, or non-government-owned uh, commercial entities. And the, so the, there's a level of dispersion to the kind of creativity and to what, what, what is made. And then ultimately they bid for that funding. New Zealand on air decides whether it yeah. does or doesn't. Yeah. And th- 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 there's such different systems. Um, yeah. 
there's that you're dead right that is um, very unusual i think there might be one or two other examples in the world of similar but not identical systems but there's payoffs and, and there's there's you know there's bonuses and and bummers about this one of the bonuses is the agility of the new zealand system so as demonstrated with this new zealand media fund where they said okay we're going to um you know pivot towards not worrying about what platform we're funding you know it might be digital might be tv or whatever but we're going to look at the merits of the of the pictures in themselves so that's nice and you, you can be very flexible and you can also from one year to another you can drop a dud a dud production house for example or a dud show or whatever it is or you can look for innovation you can look for new things and you and you get a lot of great turnover there is a downside and the downside is that there is less of an institutional um, cultural development in place and uh, that sounds very generic but what I'm talking about here is in Australia people grow up with the ABC and you grow up watching ABC as kids and then you sort of mature and, and it's always there and over time there's worth built built within the institution of the ABC. And, you know, that exists to some extent at, in RNZ, but doesn't really exist in other places. And that is one of the costs of not having a big, um, strong public broadcaster. Do you, do you think, I mean, TVNZ would argue that it accomplishes that in, in a more commercial setting, that, that sort of cultural central gravity what is what what would you say is the difference between a tvnz and and an abc in terms of how it relates to the the nation that it represents well it's interesting that somehow we've managed to get onto this but i'll go with it um i think tvnz to an to an extent does fulfill that function and you know as you know in my past life i was pitted, (laughs) pitted against them as my mortal enemy um, but that's not how I feel about them, and I and I hope I've got a pretty balanced view about TVNZ, and I think they achieve a lot, but they don't achieve everything that a public broadcaster would do over decades. And the the truth is that TVNZ itself has been subject to great changes and rents in its fabric. You know, it, it wasn't too long ago that they had a, a charter themselves, uh, and then that they had that they didn't have it. They had it then it got taken away again and you know that 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 whole thing is subject to political um let's call them fashions and I mean, it almost feels yeah. like right now they've reinstituted a, a, a sort of soft charter by stealth in a way to preempt regulation kind of it's a it's a it's a it's a head scratcher i mean if you w- would you do that if you let's do a let's do an experiment duncan if you were in charge of tvnz what would you do well, absolutely I would. Like, like the logical thing to do is to sort of make your product amenable to what you think the government wants, lest they tell you what they want and it not be quite so well aligned with, with your intentions or your, or your vision. I mean, th- this is, right. is a very basic thing. We've kind of gotten off topic a bit, even though I could we, talk we, about we, this we, we absolutely, we've meandered. So you, you spent months uh, speaking to people uh, from the New Zealand television, uh, just the, the New Zealand production sector television, just the New Zealand um, media sector as it, as it relates sector, sorry, as it relates to New Zealand on air. Yeah. And you've written this sort of near on 100-page report. What uh, are the sort of things that most struck you when you'd sort of finished it and, and kind of sat yeah. with it a minute? When, I, when I'd lifted my head off the desk, um, <laughs> i got to say I really enjoyed writing this thing. Um, it was deeply satisfying and you can probably tell... It comes tell across... It, it's actually very readable, you know, which yeah. these things often aren't. Yeah. So I recommend, uh, you know, anyone listening kind of looks it up if you're curious. Yeah, yeah. I recommend that too because um, I really, um, for me, it was a labor of love. And, you know, it's got a lot of numbers in it, but I hope, I hope it's readable. Look, my aim, it, when, I got, when I got the brief for New Zealand On Air, it was a big brief um, because it was like, hey, would you just... Re- mind reviewing this thing called the New Zealand Media Fund and you know I of course I said yes and then um, quickly did a bit of googling to find out what it was 
that's only a minor exaggeration. But um, basically, the New Zealand Media Fund is all of the operations of New Zealand on air. So that's all of the operations of a of of the major um, public media funding body within in, in New Zealand over three years, and and a change that was really significant for them with the introduction of this new way of operating. So it was a big brief, uh, and I needed to find a way to break it down to sort of understand what what I was trying to do. And what I did was to, uh, pretty simply, to look at what what was the st- what were the stated aims of of the New Zealand Media Fund when it was introduced um, just over three years ago, and then what are the aims, the core aims of New Zealand on air. And so when you look at those things, you you. Uh, you can create a framework for assessing, you know, what what they've done over time. So the three things that they said they were going to do were reduce complexity, be more flexible, and encourage innovation. And so that's 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 their stated aim. So that's fine. But you also have to look at the reality as well as and what people say they're doing. And and New Zealand on air are all about um, reflecting and developing New Zealand identity identity and culture so that is what new zealand on air is charged with doing under the broadcasting act uh, and in the broadcasting act they're actually called the broadcasting commission um just in case anyone goes and looks it up and can't find new zealand on air anyway so these things uh new zealand on air say that they are interested in diversity well they are obviously i'm not implying they're not but discoverability and quality so um, what those things mean to you have have to be teased out, but so these were all the criteria that I was going to go through and look at, and the thing I sort of love the best is to like a lot of journalists is to get hold of information that someone else doesn't have or hasn't had or hasn't looked at in the way that I'm going to look at it, and in this case, I got hold of data that no one else had used before, which was. Um, all of the Excel spreadsheets of the funding decisions, um, and not just for the past three years, but for the past six years and even right back uh, as far as the records would go in some cases, which is to 1989. So that that was my sort of little treasure trove, which I sat on like a jealous dragon. And uh, in fact, of course, it wasn't my work that, that compiled those. There were there was a, a guy called Stephen Ganaway within New Zealand On Air who had hammered that into shape and passed the spreadsheets over to me. And it was then a matter of basically slicing that data up and looking at it using pivot tables um, is basically the, the, the mechanism that I used. That was one main data source and the other main data source was interviews with indus- people in the industry and people within New Zealand On Air. But a qual and quant... Yeah, you've got to have both, right? You've, you've got to have, you, yeah. If, if you're just lost, in, I don't know what you feel like, but if you're just lost with a bunch of random opinions from the last person you spoke to, to me that I feel very unanchored. Um, and I really trust, like a lot of people, I, I, love to see, I love to see a table and I love to see a graph. The Fold is brought to you by O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa, with over 4,000 out-of-home advertising sites nationwide across both street furniture and retail centres. I'm super grateful to O Media for enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix Podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things that really leapt out was there were, were, there were some really interesting graphs in it, the the one of the ones that struck me was the the sort of long tail uh, that has emerged of sort of lower cost projects, um, you know, which which has you know encouraged a lot more both uh, platforms and production houses uh, to be 
involved in the New Zealand on air system, and um, and then contrast that, which 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 implies a sort of a a great flowering of opportunity. But then you contrast that with that amazing, what well, I don't know what it's called the 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 thing that, that basically it's almost like a a land map of of oh, yeah. every funded platform with, with TVNZ just taking over half of the um, yeah. Space. So it, and, and, they're, and I they're called that, tree maps, by the way. Tree maps. Yeah. Yeah. That tree map. The, the, those two things kind of tell you an amazing story. Uh, if you only could see two elements of this review, yeah, they'll tell you a lot about what has and hasn't changed yeah. over the last uh, uh, three and six years. One of the founding principles, and correct me if I'm mischaracterizing it, of the um, media fund uh, when it was introduced in in 2017 was to be platform agnostic, yes, which is to say correct. that um, the, the previous system of rounds that were dedicated towards particular mediums would be replaced by one where, this isn't entirely true, but it's, it's sort of true enough that, that anyone could apply for anything at any time. Now, there are were sort of specialised RFPs and, and rounds, and, and there were still sort of some big buckets, but there was a lot more kind of comfort or implied comfort with the idea that as, as a digital platform you should you should have felt emboldened by that the divisions that exist now uh, revolve around content um, types and topics um, rather than um, platforms so that I think you know it in to some extent when you look at it now you do see a lot of divisions but there's they remain true to the fact that if you are contesting for general factual funds, for example, you will be up against, if you're a digital uh, player, you will be up against the TV guys at the same time. And that remains true. And and I think that that, like, I, you know, just as, as a sort of an observer of it, that, that actually feels right, you know, because... You should be judging, um, or it feels intuitively like a good system, and that um, you're you're judging these things on merit based on the idea and your confidence in their ability to execute the idea, and then uh, acquire an audience. And what is the the power and scale and, and relative difficulty to reach of of that audience, and so on. The the the, the line which leapt out at me um, was that agnosticism has not been radical and that while this looked like a radical change it hasn't had a radical a particularly radical impact on where the total the the main quantum of funding has gone do you want to sort of unpack that a little bit yeah and i think that this is uh, again hats off to new zealand on air because they had to change um, the world had changed and and behavior had changed profoundly by 2016 uh, so th- this change was coming on, and yet uh, if the change had have been radical, there would have been so much, um, fl- there would have been such a massive flame war, and there would have, it would have been so noisy um, that it could have been really destructive to the agency and to the great work that they do. Um, and if that sounds like I've been inside the tent too long, um, I, I, I make no apologies for that because I actually think that New Zealand Air and the fundamental sort of finding of this report is that New Zealand On Air are doing a very good job in a always troubled environment. That said, the talk of agnosticism is... It, it didn't go overnight from, you know, these very strict allocations of money to different platforms to a, you know, free-for-all, you know, a a love-in of a funding fest, it changed moderately, not even, you know, to... We're not talking 50% change, we're talking, you know, 10 15% change. It felt like an incrementalism. It's incrementalism, but very wisely, I believe. And well, the, 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 yeah. just just to, to sort of jump ahead a bit, though, because you say that it's wise, and I, and I, on balance, probably believe you, but... And 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 you sense that tension. You know, the the flame war is there in some of the <coughs> ex- excerpts that you quote from various interviews. I think of. I love say, that. Example, I, I also love picking out the, the the fieriest quotes, and you know, I don't shy away from that stuff. 
No, and I think that's actually a good way in, in some ways of just sort of moving yourself out of it and saying, well, these are the sort of industrial views. Um, someone like Philly DeLacy of, of Screen Time, you know, producer of high-budget, high-spec, very high-quality uh, drama um, for television, you know, expresses a, a view that essentially why are we spending money on digital? The audiences aren't big enough. And I think this is a nearly a direct quote no one I know watches any of it, which... More than, more than once I heard that, that, yeah. that, that paraphrase sentiment. Um, yeah, and, and, yep. and the irony of that being is, is that that comes not long after your sort of concluding note, which points out that if you look at New Zealand On Air's own research about where habitual viewing happens versus where what which primary platforms are funded, it's, it shows that essentially that... We're nearing, in fact, their own research suggests that we might have passed the point of more viewing happening online or, or over the internet mm. than, than happens through linear, whereas it's still sort of a, an 80-20. Now, these are, it's not uncomplicated, but those are sort of bald facts that tend to suggest that there is a lag, and it's, and it's quite a large lag between funding and behaviour yeah, yeah. There's absolutely no doubt. And if, if to just to shift this to because you mentioned Philly's um, comment there, and to shift this up just to one observation in a general sense, what I found was that everyone came from where they were coming from and almost nowhere else, and that meant that I got a pretty pure view from everyone. And and thank, and I, I really was thankful for people's you know candid import and what they told me but everyone is incredibly self-interested not just philly you know yourself and um everyone that i spoke to came from i I mentioned you not to highlight you but you you were one of the interviewees and everyone in your position diametrically opposed to philly's for example and everyone comes from their experience and you know to, to to begin with you think oh these these people are all just incredibly self-interested. And then you realise, no, that's actually not true. It's because they do what they do every day and they really believe in what they do. And therefore, for someone like Philly, it is true that she thinks that the money is being wasted. And from your point of view, we also have a great quote from you where you um, question the amount of money being spent on premium drama um, to be broadcast on TV. And... So they are kind of the diametrically opposed camps, and the 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 thing about it is that Philly's wrong because actually, you know, parts peak parts have declined by twenty nine percent from twenty twelve. So actually, her um, the big TV set pieces are getting almost a third less audience at at least, and. On the other hand, she thinks because she didn't see something or because someone else didn't something, and I don't mean to pick on her, people who believe what she believes, just because people they don't know didn't see something doesn't mean it doesn't didn't happen. And that's one of the sort of pervasive problems is this lack of belief in something that you don't have personal experience with. Now That feels to me yeah. like... like, in, like- Absolutely, the the kind of the core foundation of this era is that everyone, rather than having like a tiny basket of media where even if you don't regularly watch it, you will watch it sometimes and you're certainly aware of it. Whereas in an era, that's the lean back era, we're coming to this lean forward era where everyone selects their own things. Sometimes the things are selected by their own behavior. In fact, a lot of the time, the algorithm decides based on prior inputs. And as a result, that something can be massive and you can have absolutely no relationship, not just to the thing itself, but even to the platform on which it's distributed. And I think that's a really hard thing to process if you came of age. And Really hard era. to process. Really hard to process. And here's my challenge to you and to the other camp, uh, and that is, unfortunately, we can't at the moment with the current New Zealand on-air system, we can't prove the engagement of most of the new content um, and it hasn't been tracked and 
it is um you know the the feeling of robustness and belief in the numbers and the um and and the audience engagement position of some of some of the material is a lot less firm than it is for the big tv things it's, it's uh, ab- that's absolutely true there, yeah. there is no commonality of data between different organizations there's no yeah. agreed standard there's no one rater of it nielsen honestly i don't think N- nielsen isn't even trying in the online space and isn't trying in a way that it almost looks like it is exists to protect its majority its its main clients which are um by and large the the, the tv business but that doesn't that that can be true while also having a big question mark over is this stuff actually being seen online i think so, that's a that's a totally so, fair so, way yeah. of representing and, it and for for the for the doubters it is very much a case of well some of what they believe could be true you know it could be possible that we're financing things for a couple of hundred grand that aren't getting seen by very many people at all but there's no doubt in my mind that that's true yeah and unfortunately the, the standout $200,000 hit that reaches, you know, 800,000 people is in the same bucket with the, uh, with the sort of thing that sinks with no trace for $200,000 and reaches, the, the, you know, a couple of hundred people. The, the, same the bucket. issue I have with that, well, it's, but the, it's also just because there is actually a perception amongst uh, TV people, I don't want to sidetrack into this, but that... that because we also have that in television. There are plenty of shows that are really well-funded, much better funded than digital productions, that ended up, end up getting dumped at like midday on a Sunday, get an audience that is almost whatever the latent minimum of that time slot, like midday on a Sunday is. They aren't given a lot of support, and they really don't look like they the world was changed by them. And yet the dominant thesis of television is not it's a really low rating environment it's that um totally it's still where the audiences are and i think trying to and this is this is is a big part of what you're doing and what you suggest in new zealand on air needs to do is get better data and and even though you're never going to be perfectly apples with apples between digital and television get more comfortable with trying and coming up with Standard standards that at least roll across the, the the different platforms, and and from my understanding, based on a reading of their response, it seems like at the very least that that is something that they're uh, looking at doing. Yeah, they are. Look, Duncan, that is so fundamental to what we're talking about here, because you and I could sit here talking about pros and cons of different platforms, and you know, basically. Uh, statements that amount to no more than gossip or um, idle anecdote. And frankly, I'm over that. I don't think we have any time for pure opinion in this space. I I think that um, the question of where to put public millions of dollars has to be informed, not, not entirely determined, not even majorly determined, but informed by a knowledge of how many and who you're speaking to with that content. It has to be. It's absolutely essential. Um, because without that, how do, we, how do we make a judgment call? Now, you, you pointed out, Duncan, uh, and in fact, um, you had suggested to me, and it might have even been on this very, in this very venue in our previous fold interview, you said something like, you know, what, what we need to do is... Look, look at behaviour by um, time on platform and then look at funding um, by platform and see if there's a discrepancy between those two things. And, in fact, in the conclusion of this report, I um, have a shot at that. And what you find is that there's a significant discrepancy. And if people have no idea what I'm talking about, just let me try to explain. People spend something like... You know, according according to New Zealand on Air's data, 
people which spent- is disputed we should be clear but it's disputed by everyone almost equally which might mean that it's relatively close to at least we can agree on it but carry it, on it, it really is not a matter of these numbers are correct it's it's are they even vaguely in the right ballpark and if they are then there's a massive discrepancy between the way they're spending the money and the way that people are spending their time and that's because you know um, I'm trying to get to the conclusions here oh yeah <laughs> I've got a copy I've got a paper copy of this in front of me would you believe so you know spending on digital first content is 19% or 47 million and spending on TV first content is 81% or 198 million this is in, under the New Zealand Media Fund from 2017 to 2019 and um the Excluding actual RNZ and and a few other kind of platform based funding right uh, yes, absolutely. So this is um, this is only the contestable part of the fund. Thank, thanks for pointing that out. So this is only the contestable part of the fund, uh, and it doesn't include music. Then you look at how many minutes a day people are spending on these things, and and as as close as I could get using my um, uh, sort of aggregation techniques, people are spending ninety one and a half minutes a day on digital video consumption and 121 on free-to-air and all of the other um, more broadcasty legacy sort of platforms. So that's 57% to 43%. So in short, you've got a discrepancy where people are... Uh, the money being spent is about 19 to 20% on digital first, whereas people are spending over 40% of their time on, on watching that kind of video. So... I mean, if, if you care about the sums that I've done there, you should go to the conclusion section of the review and check it. And there will, people, will be people who have all sorts of objections, but you need to read that section and understand it before you come back to me <laughs> and say and, and get all mad because there is no doubt that there is a discrepancy. But there's a really important but here. There's nothing to say that we think that we should allocate funding according to the minutes of time spent with a medium. It's just, you just have to know. You just have to know that there's a discrepancy. And this indicates to me that we're not nearly done. We're not nearly done with with the way that the funding is being distributed at the moment. And as you say, um, Duncan, quite rightly, I think there's a lag. There's a lag between behaviour change and funding change. Um, and that's okay, but it, you have to you have to remain uh, aware of it. The thing that uh, sort of stri- strikes me about that is because I, I think it's actually not even a necessarily a bad thing that there's a lag. I think it would be actively dangerous if it were reversed and the, and New Zealand on air were sort of leading ahead of the audience. But I would say that the lag appears based on those sums to probably be excessive and. The, the thing that's interesting me as a sort of a, a bit of an imponderable is if, if it were like a perfect mirror, you would expect that to have an impact on these numbers, right? Because if there were better funded, higher quality, better marketed, better distributed, longer established online properties, you'd think that that would have the effect of, of pulling more people across into that space or having them spend more time there. And conversely, were there less high quality, long running um, properties on the linear television platforms that they might, people might leave those faster, particularly when there was a better opposition. So that's sort of one of the impacts of the lag that is kind of hard to consider. The other thing, and this is where I think it gets really important for TV for New Zealand on air and it hasn't you know I've talked about it on the fold for before so forgive me if, if you look at the demographics of the people who are in those places they are by and large the people who lack for you know who, who are considered hard to reach and and certainly you know they are they tend to be younger they tend to be more not more sort of ethnically diverse like i.e there is a there is a particular audience that is reasonably well served by um, the, the sort of linear and, and traditional broadcast parties, and then there is another audience. And I'm not honestly not saying that the spinoff is is necessarily great at reaching. And I think one of the in, almost inevitabilities of a shift online is that there are more platforms and more production houses and more complexity, and honestly, more things that miss. But law of yeah. large numbers is more things that really hit and that's yeah. kind of what what the argument i would make is that it that your report 
makes the case for you know continuing that that push yeah and and there are a number of really important things that we have to understand about this as you said it would have been and as i said earlier it would have been a real mistake i think to go all um extreme about this and um one of the real reasons that no extremism is possible and one of the impediments to sort of continued changes is the lack of um, working with engagement uh, audience engagement data now that is changing within New Zealand on air they have taken that recommendation on board um, from from the review and they're doing something about that so that is going to be changing the other thing is that we're not in an entirely symmetrical situation here and what I mean by that is the old world had a certain cultural heft um, that comes comes from its monolithic nature. You know, as you said, if everyone's watching the, the Bachelor, I might not watch it, but I know that it exists. And there's just stuff. There's stuff in our culture that I- exists, that is around, that is in the air, because there is there are very few public squares. Um, but in a world where there are 20 or 30 public squares then you might not have any idea that The Bachelor even exists. Um, and if you don't know that something exists, you will write it off. You will just say, I don't... It's not... It's, I'm not even, it's not that I'm an, not a Bachelor person. It's that I don't even know that exists. That's like a person who comes up to me in the street and says hello, but I've never seen them before. So it is not entirely... You know, things were much easier for a public funder of media, uh, for a funder of public media or however you want to describe it, in the past because, you know, you could rely on, you know, fund fund something for a few million dollars, you'll get cut through. You'll have a few flops, but even your flops will be okay because you can't guarantee success, especially in creative areas. Really, the worst thing possible is to put your money into something that no one ever heard of anywhere at all. And, and, yeah, the reality of those audiences, those audiences are real. We have to weigh, make a way of looking at them that, so that we can understand that those audiences are real. And at the moment, we don't have that. So just to kind of finish up on this, because I want to do a quick thing on um, another favourite subject of ours, which is... Uh, what 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 just happened with with Facebook and and news in Australia? But um, if you were to sort of surmise your conclusions or, or into sort of, and it's hard because there's, there's a certain level of, of remove. You know, so you might not be able to speak on this, frankly. But but sort of sum up what you think would be a logical conclusion and sort of set of actions to take if they were if. The industry were able to set aside its differences, and New Zealand on air were to accept its conclusions at face value. What what are the sort of what are the the thing the, the key takeaways mm. from from a to do, like a to do list out of it? Yeah, well, there, there's plenty of little to dos that you know I've sent the given them like a you know when you write these reports you you get into this weird mental state like you are make you're a principal of a school giving making someone's report card. And that is a weird mental place to be. So yeah. I, gave, I gave them plenty of, you know, Duncan's got a great attitude, but he needs to work on such and such. Uh, the, the, the one thing that we haven't mentioned and which everyone seems to be avoiding from my point of view is a really big problem with the model or I should say a, something that needs to be addressed, which is at the moment New Zealand On Air works as a sort of a as an agreement between three parties there's the them that they're providing the money that you know they're the rich uncle then there's the producer and then there's what they call the platform and the platform so it's an agreement between three parties what we're finding is that it's it's hard to find platforms so if you're um you've got this funding money and you want to find ways to get to people that you're not reaching because you want to reflect uh, and strengthen New Zealand accurately so you're looking for platforms right so you've got a platform you've got the spin-off but there's not many spin-offs and 
you know, these are the old platforms, the, the, the MediaWorks, you know, which is now split into MediaWorks and Discovery and TVNZ, they're great because you know that, you know that they're going to reach people. That there's a choke point around the platforms. There's not enough local New Zealand-owned and operated run. No one really cares who owns them, but it's, it's more important about who, who operates them and whether they've got a local presence. There's not enough of those local New Zealand platforms in order to justify, you know, spending more at the moment. And, and so that's, that's, a real, that's a real problem. Um, there's plenty of producers, uh, you know, New Zealand On Air is, is operating just as it always has and audiences are more voracious than ever, but it's the platform um, that has become a really a tight squeeze. Uh, yeah, that that is one of the things that they really leapt out. And I hadn't re- like properly considered. Mike Jennings makes that 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 sort of statement quite well from from newsroom because there's there's this issue right where New Zealand on air has baked into its sort of conception of the world that it should try and extract maximum value for public funds and that it, it imagines that the way you do that is to have the biggest possible contribution in cash or kind from the platform to the production which I've long argued is um, shouldn't be the goal the goal should be to get as many eyes on as much important New Zealand content as possible and and then test the sort of the funding side later rather than try and ex- have the maximum possible investment. I think it, that, that's a small but actually quite significant change in incentive structure. The thing that strikes me is that the people most disadvantaged by the sort of the relative paucity of platforms are the very audiences which, you know, which are contained in that diversity piece, like the you know, Rotaki Māori audiences, Pacific audiences, uh, Asian New Zealanders, um, any any kind of person that is not your sort of meat and two veg Pākehā New Zealander in their in their forties or fifties, tend to get squeezed out because you know the the biggest single demographic block audience is the one that gets most stuff made for them and therefore gets the prime time slots on the biggest platforms and then the fact that there's a sort of an absence of that and fundamentally the the financial incentives around the commissioning of and then the incentives to really push the the distribution side to reach a, you know on a necessarily smaller but actually you know, relatively speaking, more important audience from a New Zealand and Air perspective, particularly in terms of trying to fulfil their their charter in a meaningful way. You know, the 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 incentive structures sort of still feel wrong there. Like it's, mm. it, it ends up being perceived a, as as a lift, and they treat it in the same way. In that, you know, they still want the 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 contribution, even though the actual ability to monetize that thing to, to make i.e. to pay for the contribution just just sort of is, isn't there and there's a there's sort of an interesting kind of uh, question you pose or, or or idea that comes out of it that should all this stuff ultimately drain to a massive online library where it's sort of freely and publicly accessible you know after you know say pick a date three years after um first airing or broadcast or or release and you know and there are you know there's lots of kind of cool things you could do with that like including allowing platforms to sort of schedule or distribute that stuff in a in their own way which might and, and you know on a revenue share basis there's a whole lot of stuff you could do there to essentially make the you know two and a half billion dollars that has been spent on this stuff more accessible yeah I I I think um, inaccessible to the public. Yeah, the the reasons, the historical reasons for the um, insistence on contribution from from platforms it makes perfect sense. Um, and increasingly, in a, in a new world, it, it makes less sense, and and there are different types of environments where it might still make sense. But I, I agree that it, it 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 makes less sense in a world where there is less certainty over who controls access to the to the audience in general duncan i would say that there is an opportunity for new zealand on air the 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 fact that broadcasters used to bring a significant sum to these productions 
always necessarily gave them more more influence over outcomes in the in the in the discussions and then the contractual arrangements however one of the realities was the vast majority came from the public purse now it's my view just as a philosophical position that you can put a lot more requirements on these funding arrangements um, than potentially is currently happening and one of those could be that the um, that the content is freely available after three years. Look, I don't know. It seems to me that if something has been majority funded by the public, then the return of that content into the public domain after it has been mostly commercially exhausted rather than completely makes a lot of sense uh, and really is only fair. So I, I guess my point of view is that the basis under which New Zealand On Air deals with the production community um, can change, but again, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that quickly because it, it would be bad to become politically disenfranchised, and there, there's a risk there because there's a lot of influential people that are being dealt with, uh, and there's a lot of expectations, there's a lot of livelihoods, and there's a lot of industry based around this the, the, this system. But just in general, I think New Zealand on air probably um, have. Um, well, I don't want to put this in a coarse way, but they are more powerful and influential than 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 is reflected in the way they operate. I think that's probably accurate. And, and to be honest, we're, we're out of time. So Facebook and the Australian news media will have to wait for another day. But. Uh, I strongly urge you to read this report. It, it is very, it's, it's very well written and it, it kind of makes you think critically about what it is we're trying to achieve here and how you navigate this fascinating, maddening traverse that we're on between the old lean back model of a tiny um, volume of platforms that everyone consumed to infinite culture uh, all the time and everyone setting their, their own agenda and, and that is a tremendously complex job for, for New Zealand on air and, and for all of us involved in, in the media and production sectors so I recommend it hell of a job Hal and always great to talk thanks mate it was uh, really great really great to talk and it's sort of you know I've been actually doing other work for, for New Zealand on air and the Ministry for Culture and Heritage recently and so for me even though I only finished this a couple of months ago it was like, wow, you know, <laughs> did I, I really enjoyed reading my own work. It's, uh, it's bizarre for me to say that, but it is, uh, I really, I want people to go out and read it, you know, because, uh, yeah, it's just, wow, I didn't understand it was really anything like it is uh, until, I, until I authored this report. The more you look, the more you see. Yeah. Thanks, Hal. Have a good one. And yeah, I'm sure we'll talk again before long. That was The Fold, brought to you by our partners at O-Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Huge thanks to O-Media for sponsoring this episode of The Fold and enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.